Hey there. This is Rachel Lee. And Robin May. And this is The Problem with Perfect, the podcast for people who want to be freed from the joy-sucking, energy-taking, and judgment-clouding quest of perfectionism. We'll be sharing our own struggles and interviewing experts on how to be authentically imperfect. Because let's be real, who wants to be around someone who's perfect anyway? Together, we can transform our thinking and let go of those thoughts that say we have to be it all and have it all to be worthy. So pull up a chair and have a seat. There's always a place for you at our table. Hey, it's Rachel, live from the loft by myself. Where's Robin? Well, we totally forgot to record the intro for part two of our conversation with Sarah Gregg on Find Your Flow. Major fail moment. But hey, there's a reason why we preach to you guys all the time that things do not have to be perfect. So here I am recording the intro by myself on my cell phone. Hey, I promise you the audio quality will be just great for the rest of the interview. In part two of Find Your Flow with Sarah Gregg, we are going to be talking about the journal system that you can put into practice to find your flow in 2020. I truly believe that this episode is chocked full of great information. And if you put what Sarah says into practice in your life, I really do believe it will be life-changing for you. So let's jump into the episode. Okay, so I want to dive in deep to the journal system now, because this is something as we're moving into 2020, I think by now everyone is hopefully, you know, bought into the idea of flow and wanting to learn how we can do it better, because I think everybody kind of hears about it, but this is something that's going to be a really practical tool to help our listeners actually bring more flow into their lives. And since like goals are a part of it too, like realizing, okay, what goals do I want in this next year and how can I practically do it through this? journal system. So I'll let you go ahead and walk us through it, Sarah, because I know it starts in first thing in the morning. So we'll start there. First thing in the morning, do not touch that phone. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, which is really, really important. So when you wake up in the morning, your morning mood is very fragile. It's like a, you know, it's like a glass lake that like when you dip your toe into the water, whatever energy you put into the day is going to ripple throughout. And that's not just my opinion. That's what psychologists have found. So psychologists have done a lot of research into how we approach our day. And they find that if we kind of start from a state of reaction, so in other words, you know, we, most of us probably use our phones as our alarm clock. So we turn off the alarm and then we go onto our phone that instantly puts us in a state of reaction or fight or flight. More than that, then if we read something that annoys us, like maybe it's a bit of negative news, that actually even exposure to just three minutes of negative news in the morning is enough to impact your mood negatively eight hours later. Wow. The example she used in the book blew my mind. And it it was that idea of, uh, so there was a study done and it was like a group of people and they were split up into two groups and one had to be exposed to three minutes of negative news a day, like before 10 a.m. And then the other one, they had more positive news of like solution-based news. So, you know, I think the example used in the book was somebody who is very old and finally got his GED or something like that, like something that's inspiring the human experience and everything. And the second group of people 
their productivity, their mood levels, all of that, that was measured throughout the day so much more so Mm. than the people who started their day off with negative stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so true. Well, I actually have to tell you, I am so relieved to hear that. Because I, I, because I've, I've had this internal struggle for years now about like, I want to, I kind of want to turn on the today show or good morning America. I just kind of feel like I want to know what's going on in the world or even like our local news. But inherently I just felt, uh, I know Uh. for somebody who literally left journalism because I so strongly believe that I felt so validated. I was like, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Okay. So we both feel validated. So much better about my life. Yeah. But it's, it puts science to what we're feeling. To how we feel. Yeah. I mean, and that's all science does. That's all psychology does is just, you know, validates what you already feel a, a lot of the time. So yeah, so when you start your day from that place, then you're 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 more likely to carry that negative energy kind of throughout your day, and it will it will ripple into different things, like you said. You know, there's examples of studies in the book, and productivity drops way down, and it's up to eight hours later, the person is still in that negative mood, even if they have had a positive day at work. So it takes a lot to kind of shift you out. It's like that old saying of like, I got out on the wrong side of the bed. You know, it's like literally like you know, it lasts your whole day. I'm just thinking about like the turmoil here in our country right now. You cannot turn on any media outlet and get three minutes without hearing something very divisive and very negative one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't watch the news. I haven't watched the news in a long time. And I know that might sound quite... You know, like I'm not paying attention, but I will focus in when something happens. So I notice then if people are having conversations about something that's happened, then I'll go on and I'll do my research and I'll read about it. But generally, it's just like a mute to the to, to the world but because it's not from worthy sources. And I think it's become quite um, like an entertainment show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't really want to fill my head with that. Yeah. Well, you don't have to worry about it. I got my degree in broadcast journalism and I don't even watch the news. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really empowered by someone else validating that it's okay not to because yeah, because I felt yeah, that true. for a I long mean, time. It's, it's going to be better for you. So yeah, so the morning journal system starts with um, a process that I called morning grateful flow, and it's a gratitude practice, which most people will be familiar with. If you write down three things that you're grateful for. But the reason that it's kind of important for flow is positive emotions and flow go hand in hand. So you're literally laying the foundations for flow. So whilst it's not part of the core conditions for flow, psychologists have found that when we feel good, we're able to focus, which is something we've all experienced in our everyday life. You know, when you wake up and you have a great day and you're able just to pour your energy into everything and you feel amazing, you know, so it's trying to cultivate that, you know, at the start of your day. It's also important because... If you are kind of a higher achiever and you're postponing your own happiness, a lot of the times you don't slow down enough to realize like life is pretty good. Like everything is more or less fine. And I need to kind of get out of this panic mode of trying to make everything perfect. So it's just that nice reminder first thing in the morning of like you wake up and you're just like, hi world, 
thanks for having me. Like, it's just such a lovely way to start the day. I've been able to read your book. And so I've been trying to do this practice. And I also, I told my boyfriend about it too, and made him do the practice. And so like this, we're like, okay, you know, when we both wake up, uh, we're going to like be grateful and everything. And so I woke up this morning and I was like trying to be super grateful and saying like all the things that I was excited about for the day and just listing them off. First thing I did as I woke up and I was texting him about it too. And we were just both saying though, how it was easy to go from, um, it was easy to complain even when you're like waking up and trying to be grateful. Like, so mm. we, we both have been saying this week how we haven't had the best sleep. I've been having a lot of nightmares and he's been tired and he woke up and was texting me and said, you know, I've, uh, I feel like I got some good sleep last night, but who knows? I might be tired when I get to work. And it was just like so easy to go back into that yeah. complaining mode. Yeah. And, you know, and I was doing, you know, the same thing. We're like this gratitude thing and it's, it's hard. <laughs> It's hard. It's hard. And if it makes you feel any better, um, it takes around 21 days, like for you to feel the full benefits of it. And if this also makes you feel better, we are prone, like we are human beings and our, we have this thing called negativity bias where we naturally look for the negative. So we have to work really hard to fight against it. So that's kind of normal. Um, but over time, what you then start to activate through the gratitude practice is confirmation bias, which means the more you practice it, the more you start to, the more your brain then actively looks for things to be grateful for, which is why gratitude is actually used to treat depression now, because it literally changed, changes the synapses and, and how your brain kind of wires and fires together. So, so stick with it. Yes, I know. And I even have noticed that in the mornings now that I've been trying to do the, and practice this method that I just feel like I'm a little more productive and I start my day off on a better note. And it's just like nice to recall the things you're grateful for anyway. So, okay. I have a real quick question about this. When, uh, when I do gratitude journals, I, I find myself, consistently saying thank you for the or thank you or that I'm grateful for the same things like you know I knew you were going to say that did you <laughs> oh my gosh okay so I'm not alone right everyone says that yeah so that that's really yeah so um and that's one of the things that you have to really work on with a gratitude practice that's the reason that most people stop I think is because it's like I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for my house. Like, you know, whatever. It's just like we rhyme off the same stuff. So yep. if you find that, like a really nice thing to do is to look for the not so obvious things like in your life to be grateful for. So like sometimes, like I'll give you this example. My husband also does the practice. And he wrote down like a couple of weeks ago that he was grateful for the internet. And he wrote like three sentences about like how it helped him get to work and how he was able to like order food in. And, you know, and I was like, wow, that's so random. But actually, when you do think about it, things as simple as kind of like I have running water when I wake up, I have electricity, you know, like I have sight, I have, you know, all these kind of different things. So when you start to like pick out the little things, it's like, that's when the magic of gratitude come in. Like, you know, the obvious you're probably already grateful for, but it's trying to hone in on the not so obvious things that you literally take for granted every day. Okay. Uh, I said today I was grateful for Mexican food. Yay. Yes. Yeah. 
Because I could have Mexican food later. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> Every day with Mexican food is a good day. Uh, yes. Okay. So we do this in the morning. So we're like journaling the things that we're grateful about, but there's more to it than that. So what's the next step for the morning? Yes. So the next step is called forward focus. And if anybody kind of uses productivity planners out there or kind of like writes their to-do list in the morning, you know, it, it's similar, but a little bit different in the sense that when I was developing the system, I find like, because I'm, you know, starter finisher type personality, that a lot of my to-do list just generally evolved, like surrounded doing things for other people or like the really boring stuff. Like I need to pay my bills, you know, I need to send that email. And in flow, actually, we experience more flow through the things that we want to do. And so in forward focus, what you do is you set three high value priorities, things that you must do that day, and then three high flow priorities, things that you want to do that day, or areas where you've already found flow so that you can literally start to kind of sculpt your day around flow gradually as you kind of go through the practice. And then you write out your schedule. And then the last part is is total flow, which is the, the immediate feedback. And that's where you write down what you will see here and feel as your day unfolds. Not necessarily the whole day. It can just be the most important parts of your day or the parts that are most relevant to you. There are those things on everybody's to-do list that we don't want to do. Okay, right? Okay, so like, can I give you an example? And you can tell me what's wrong with me and how to, and how to flow this into a, a, a more... Um, a bridge to that can be happy. I do not like to answer phone calls. Like if you call and you leave me a message, like I call you all the time. <laughs> well, you boxer me, which is a- you are preaching to the converted. I hit the phone. <laughs> oh, good. I love you. We could be friends. If there wasn't that big ocean between us, we could be friends. I, li- I will not. I never answer it. it. Drives my husband crazy. But yeah, like I have a good friend, and she's like. Like, do you know you have all these voicemails on your phone? I'm like, yeah. She's like, do you plan to listen to them? I'm like, no. no. She's like, well, why do you have a voicemail then? I'm like, because I think, I guess I have to, but like, I don't, I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy like, and that's bad to say. I don't enjoy like the phone and I don't really enjoy even, I know email is a necessary evil, but you know, it, it is, a, it is a burden for me. So are you saying, how do you find flow in those yeah, experiences? Yeah, in those experiences that I'm not, yeah. How, how, how would that look to, because I have to do them, right? I have to do the, some of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's kind of two things. So one would be um, just bringing the awareness and acceptance that you don't enjoy them and then intentionally minimizing the amount that you have to do that like answering the phone so like offering an an alternative and not feeling the need like really question like is this something that I have to do or is there another way around this that I can make it more enjoyable Mm -hmm. so that would be the first point if it is absolutely essential like there are things in life that we just should do and have to do and we won't necessarily enjoy and so not every activity will cultivate flow but when you bring that sense of acceptance of like I'm not going to resist this. I'm not going to battle and put it off. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, you know, pick up the phone, do it and bring like a degree of kind of neutrality to it. Then that will enable that, that cognitive resistance to go away because when we're in resistance, we kind of go, I should really listen to those voicemails, but I don't want to Right, I'll leave it for five minutes. And then we just waste so much time on our heads, like having this like little internal battle. So 
The second bit would be you just accept it. Like you have to do it. You set aside time, you do it. And then you flow past it and you just move on. And then the third option would be um, that you try to find more flow in it. So one really easy way to kind of add flow is to increase the optimal level of challenge. So if you don't really like the phone because it's boring, um, it would be how many voicemails can I listen to? How quickly can I do this? So I'm going to set myself a time challenge for like five minutes. Like how quickly can I listen to it, make the notes and then kind of move through and then it makes it more exciting easier and because then your attention is like a bit more fully engaged it means that it feels like less of a chore oh my gosh that's so funny because my roommates in college used to time me taking out the trash and it was like a game and they were like okay Rachel could probably just because they wanted me to do it but they're like how fast can you be this week and I would like run with 50 trash bags because we had a million girls there (laughs) and it was like such a fun game and who would think taking out the trash is fun but that's funny you say that now because I'm like oh my gosh we were doing that exercise and I will tell you Robin it does work Yeah. yeah Even as you were saying that, I was like, okay, in my head, I'm like, what if I gave myself five minutes and, you know, like three times a day, I'm just going to open up my email and, you know, do what I can do in five minutes. And when it's, you know, try to get as much done. And when my five minutes are up and the timer dings, then I just shut it. Yeah. Like there's a really good example. So there's the psychologist that discovered flow is a Hungarian psychologist called Mihai Csikszentmihalyi and he uses a really great example of this where he was working with a doctor and the doctor um hated two things so he had a similar question he hated two things he hated airports because like he just found that as like wasted dead time where he wasn't working and he found it like he was just you know there for two hours and he hated paperwork like he hated filling in kind of the paperwork like he just he wanted to do surgeries that was where when he was in flow and so what he recommended the doctor to do was combine the two so he was like fill your paperwork in in the airport and it completely got him into flow state because he had two hours before the flight left he used the dead time that he hated in the airport and he kind of got the paperwork done and it kind of that elicited flow from him so I think a lot of the times we can view scenarios and situations like it's kind of quite stuck but when you start to get curious and just experiment and be like, I'm going to try this, like, and that flow is so important for that. It's that curiosity and that experimenting. If it's not working for you now, then try the five minutes. Like if that doesn't work, try something different until you can minimize those negative emotions and that resistance. And even if it's just a place of neutrality where you're just not hating it, like you don't necessarily have to love everything, then that that's maybe as good as it'll get for you. Yeah. yeah. So good though. It is. I'm, I'm super excited to try some of this. I, I do want to ask you, you, you painted us a great picture of what your life was like as you, you know, chased down the picture of perfect success and kind of the unhappiness that that brought to your life. So could you contrast that by telling us what your life looks or maybe even feels like is a better question for you? Yeah, I think feels is a better question. And I'm, yeah, I think this is probably the best current example that I have of how different life feels and it's one that has kind of taken me a little bit by surprise so when I got the book deal I actually didn't tell anybody about it for six months because I didn't want it to be from a place of ego so I like kept it to myself because I was so conscious that a lot of my identity had been like 
I've done this, I've done that. And like, I just wanted to, to avoid that. And when I got the book, when I announced the book and kind of like told people about it, um, it was quite close to kind of publication date. And I didn't know how that was going to feel, but it felt really different. So at times before when I've achieved things, it's felt like I needed to really boast about it and tell as many people so that they could validate me. But there still felt like there was a huge void, like like that achievement was like a post-it note trying to cover up a cave. Like there was just like a huge, like so many cracks there. Like there was, I didn't feel whole or complete. When I got the book and when I announced it, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel anything. I just felt, I felt complete and I felt whole. And I didn't need anybody to tell me that it was a good job. I didn't need, I didn't need anything. And that is a very new feeling for me like where I just felt, I just felt whole. I felt like me and like that was enough. And it's the most feeling of enoughness that I've ever had. Like, and that enoughness has come from me. And I think that's what flows done because I feel totally aligned with kind of who I am. And I've shed a lot of those layers. So, you know, there's, some lovely things that you know I've done in life and I travel and I'm I'm very very grateful and I, I do work hard but I feel completely different like I, I just feel like I, I really I'm so in, in love with life and in love with the journey and you know even the downs I, I know they're going to teach me something and I can feel when I drift into resistance and I know how to use the system now to like get me back into that place of flow. So life, it does look different as well, but I think the most important thing for me, it, it just feels different. It, I feel the sense of kind of completeness. Mm, that is beautiful, exciting. I'm a, I'm a jealous, but in a good, in a good way. Right. Because I think we all want that, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I just struggle not to think about things without my faith perspective, which as you were talking, it was like what I heard you say was that you have been able to shed the layers of what the world tells you you're supposed to be like and do and just be present and really just be the person that you were created to be and to live the life that, that you've been blessed with. Yes. I think that's so beautifully put. And that is that is how I feel. That doesn't mean that at times it's not incredibly scary and that there are not hard days because there are, but that is part of life. And I think every time that you have the strength to lean into a bit more of the shadow part of you and kind of like give it a hug and be like, it's okay. Like you're fine. And you just feel that sense of completeness. And I, I feel as I feel like the old me, like I had lost any sense of who I who I really was. Um, and now I just feel totally connected and, and, and it's lovely. It's a really, it's just a lovely feeling. It's contentness. Well, I cannot wait to read this book. I know. I read it whenever I was reading some of it yesterday. I was texting Robin. I'm like, you're going to love this. <laughs> 
especially all the stuff about gratitude and things like that. I was like, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. Well, and you go obviously way more in depth about this journaling system in yeah. your book. And so listeners, if you want to get in on this deal, I think you can pre-order it now, correct? But it comes out on the 7th of January and it will be available in Barnes and Noble and Amazon. So yeah. tell us everything they need to know to be able to find your book. It's called Find Your Flow. Yes, it's called Find Your Flow by Sarah Gregg. You can log on to, I've got a website for the book. It's called findyourflowthebook.com. And if you head over there, you can pre-order from there. If you pre-order from any online retailer, there is a free goal setting masterclass that you get access to. It's 70 minutes where you can set your goal for unified flow. You learn a bit more about it. There's some free goal setting templates and you get that for free. Whenever you order the book from any online retailer, you just plug in your receipt number and it gets delivered to your inbox. Yeah. So we, we can buy it from your website and still get that free website, that you free resource. You can buy it from any website, anywhere at all. And then you just go back to findyourflowthebook.com and that's kind of your, your little reward because, you know, I'm a first time author, you know, and people put their trust in you. So I want to add as much value as I possibly can. Well, I know our high achieving audience is going to love that, especially at the start of the new year. Yes. And I love the little free resources. You know, all good things come back to the Mexican food analogy. Everybody loves the free chips and salsa. Yep. So thanks for giving us the free chips and salsa. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And like, I will say, I mean, the book is beautifully, I have a copy here, actually. I don't know if you can see it, if you're going to put it on, but it's so beautifully designed it's like a lovely hardback and it's not very long it's like a really concise read and there's some journaling pages at the back and it's kind of designed that way for a reason because busy people are not going to read I mean yeah I mean they're not going to read a big book so it's kind of perfect if you don't have a lot of time and it's highly practical that was the most important part of writing the book because I think so many of us kind of know why we want to live life fully, but the struggle is, okay, like how do I do it? Like show me kind of something I can do. And I just wanted a really simple practice that just people could do like a few minutes in the morning, a few minutes in the evening, you know, that could just kind of bring them back to themselves each day and keep that connection strong. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. We really appreciate you. And Robin, has your mind yes. been blown by this conversation? It has been. It has been. I'm the only thing I can say is I'm really like sad that like I just you know it's like I feel like I want to give you a big hug and tell you thank you because this has just been delightful. So um, I'm sorry that we can't do Gosh, that. That's so lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Hey, friend. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're honored that you're sharing your day with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you get a notification when new episodes are released. And hey, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends and family. So make sure you do that. And remember, whatever you're going through, there's always enough grace for you today. So be sure to give it to yourself.